Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, back with you, brought to you by Modelo. You know I have my bucket of Modelo's every Friday. Modelo, with that fighting spirit, check out what Modelo will do for the NFL draft here in Vegas. You will see signage everywhere, everywhere, and we got a lot brewing with Modelo as we get you set for the draft. Good to have you back. couple things. My number one, my number one goal every day, and my, I think the biggest priority of my job is topics. That's all it is for me. Every day I got to come up with things to talk about. And two radio shows, five hours a day, three at night, two here, which I love doing both of them. And they're both different shows. This show is based heavily on the Raiders and Las Vegas topics, but national topics. And at night, it's all national topics. Whatever's big, whatever's the big, big story we're going to hammer away at. And then talk to some big guests. If those guests are really good, we'll play some of them here, a portion of it here. And all I'm doing every day is trying to find five hours of topics to talk about. Some days are better than others. This Jawan Howard story is a really big deal, as I've been talking about. We're going to continue that because it's sportsmanship. It's all about sportsmanship, and I'm big into that. I'm into legacy. I'm into sportsmanship. I'm into championships, all of that, quarterback, carousel, the big stuff that I like. So I woke up this morning way too early, and there was a lot of good content. And the way I'm getting more and more content throughout my career is Twitter. See, Twitter is a sewer and a toilet for a lot of people that accuse people of stuff and intimidate people, and it's a place where people go to bully other people a lot of times, but it's also a great place for content because people cut and paste articles that are really good, and if it wasn't for Twitter, you got to fire up your laptop, and you got to get on the computer, and you got to go to ESPN.com, and all these sites, you got to look for stuff. Twitter, you just turn on your phone, and you see something you like. So there are a couple of things today I wanted to mention that I saw earlier today. First off, there was a column from Deadspin. And Deadspin used to be a place where you just go for gossip. Some guy gets in trouble. Someone says this. Any topic that is grandiose and on the edge, that's where Deadspin was. And Deadspin also was a place that would tear down members of the media. So they'd have their poll, the top 30 members of the media, the 30 worst. That's where you went to Deadspin. And you hope, as Looney, my podcast partner, always said, you hope you never show up on Deadspin. But Deadspin's changed as of late, and they put out some pretty decent content. So today I saw a column, where will these quarterbacks go? So this is great. Last night I got about an hour of the Aaron Rodgers put out a cryptic Instagram post talking about being in love with his former fiance, which is weird, because I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of guys. I got a lot of friends. Many of them listen to this show. If we break up, and I've been with my wife for well over 20 years, if you break up with your girlfriend or fiance, you typically don't go on Instagram and tell her how much you love her and tell the whole world how much you love her when you broke up with her. That's just not what guys do. They never do that. This guy, Aaron Rodgers, does this. And then he put out all these cryptic comments about loving his quarterback room and loving the guys he got together with on Friday. And then the final picture he posted was the picture he couldn't play because of the COVID protocol. 
because he wasn't vaccinated and it was an empty space where he should have been on the sidelines of the Kansas City game and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb on both sides of where he would have been. So everybody's going crazy last night. So again, we had about an hour of this to get into and I wanted to talk about it today on Raider Nation Radio. I think it's a big deal because again, this guy feels he has to do this. He feels and he goes on radio, the Pat McAfee show, and he probably is going to go somewhere else. He might stay in Green Bay. And it's all going to depend on Devontae Adams, which has been probably the biggest topic all day. Heidi and Clay were talking about it. I'm sure Vinny's going to talk about it in Q because the franchise tag window opens. And where's Devontae Adams going to go? Because everybody knows he played college ball with Derek Carr. They're great friends. And he would be the ultimate Christmas present for the Raiders but he's really expensive. He's really good, and it would cost a lot to do it. I would do it. I'd consider doing it, but I'm not Ziegler and McDaniels, and they're going to make up their mind, and I'm going to get behind what they do. They're going to make up their mind on what they're going to do if they want Devontae Adams because I remember when Mike Mayock took over, and Mike Mayock was not going to go crazy in free agency. He wanted to build through the draft. We'll find out what these gentlemen do. So I'm reading this column. And right out of the gate, the, the headline grabs me. Will the, where will the quarterbacks go? And it started off with Aaron Rodgers. And it looks like Aaron Rodgers again. Where could he end up going? How about Denver? How about Denver? Because Denver seems to be lined up to make the move to go get him. I am setting myself up for that news, which I think would be Awful news for the Raiders and everybody else, the Chargers in Kansas City, if that's where he ends up. There's a lot of mid-tier starters and quarterbacks out there, but a lot of people believe it's going to be either Green Bay or it's going to be Denver. And I'm sensing Denver because Denver wants to go all in because they're desperate for a quarterback. Why not go get the best quarterback available? They had Teddy Bridgewater to Indianapolis which I thought was interesting because we'll get to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz could be gone. But here we go with Derek Carr. And this is from Deadspin that likes clicks. Likes clicks. Here's what Deadspin said about Derek Carr. Carr rumors are like your aunts and uncle at Christmas time. They come around once a year, make some noise, and have no effect on your immediate future. I don't get it. Why must we keep circulating these narratives when it's clear that nothing's going to happen to him? Carr isn't going anywhere. He's beloved by his team and just led Vegas to the playoffs despite a myriad of scandals and tragedies that struck the team one week after another. The Raiders lost their head coach, one of their top receivers, a young cornerback, a star tight end. Darren Waller was down a lot of the season. Still Carr led the Raiders to the playoffs and was nine yards away from going to overtime with the eventual AFC champion. Cincinnati Bengals we shouldn't expect the same level of production under first-year head coach Josh McDaniels but it's clear that while Carr is not an elite quarterback he's capable of winning close games against great competition after all he had to beat Justin Herbert to get to the postseason in the first place Carr may not be worth 40 million a year he's rumored to get in his next contract extension but he is a staple in the Las Vegas offense now and for the foreseeable future, prediction, Carr remains in Vegas. So that's 
That's a great sign for Derek Carr. Not that any of us know what's going to happen. But I think I want Derek Carr to stay. A lot of Raider fans want Derek Carr to be here. We expect that to happen. Then it moved on to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins in Minneapolis. He can remain a Viking if they franchise tag him the year after. It's $60 million. They're not going to give him $60 million to see what happens. But they could have him play out this last year or they could trade him. The news to Carolina that Carolina called, I think that's a good move by Carolina. I think Kirk Cousins has run out of time. He's had a really good roster, excellent roster in Minnesota. A couple of years ago, I predicted they'd win the Super Bowl. That's how good that roster was, and he couldn't get him there. So if he goes to Carolina, it could save Matt Rule's job. And Matt Rule should be worried about saving his freaking job because he's gone with Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, and what they've had there hasn't worked. Then we go to Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're not going to go with Mason Rudolph. They got some good receiving options there, too. And they got Najee Harris. They got a running back who can run the ball. And Jimmy Garoppolo's a winner. He goes out there and wins games. He's, he's not a backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a starter. Kyler Murray got cryptic with what he did when he scrubbed his Instagram, but everybody thinks it's going to play, play out there. But again, this Deadspin article, this Deadspin article, I want you to hear this again. This is how they conclude Aaron Rodgers, which is the biggest topic in Raider offseason on my mountain of topics that I'm trying to bring every day is Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. That is a nightmare scenario for a lot of reasons. And you all know the reason. You all know the reason. Here's what Deadspin says. After all, there's a lot to like in Denver from an off-field perspective. It's still one of Rodgers' preferred trade destinations for a reason. Why Rodgers may have had his differences with Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, he seemed to have no issues with now the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Denver has the weapons and defense to be a legitimate contender with Rodgers under center. As long as they can hold their own against Kansas City, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders, Rodgers, famously confident, should welcome the challenge no problem. Plus, it would be fitting that Rodgers would head to the Mile High City after all those years sitting in an ivory tower looking down on the city of Green Bay. Prediction, Broncos make the deal and bring in Aaron Rodgers. So why am I bringing this all up today? Because it's the quarterback carousel. And Derek Carr was one of the headlines again. And all these quarterbacks are on the move. Some of them are staying like Tua in Miami, and then we get to Deshaun Watson. And Deadspin predicted the Buccaneers are built to win right now, top to bottom, even without Antonio Brown and potentially Chris Godwin. The Bucs are win-now mode. They couldn't get it done in 2022, but they know they have what it takes to win it all. Watson is immensely talented and could definitely lead that team back to the Lombardi if given a chance. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. There was news from his attorney yesterday that he's going to have to speak on a couple of major issues coming up here. And then finally, pro football focus. Who doesn't love pro football focus? Where all the players are getting graded and you can see everything about every individual player. They came out today with some clickbait and I clicked on it because it was really good clickbait. They said the 15 trades to watch out for in the 2022 season. So obviously Aaron Rodgers was at the top of that list. They had Seattle trading Russell Wilson to Philadelphia. This is what it would take, according to Pro Football Focus, and they're really good at this. 
They know numbers. They know stats. They said terms. The Eagles send their 2022 first, their 2023 first, and their 2022 third, and the Eagles get the contract of Russell Wilson for two years at $51 million. I don't think Russell Wilson should go to Philadelphia with his wife. Those fans are animals at times. That's a compliment. Some people call Raider fans animals. They're hardcore. We know how the most notorious fans are from Oakland to L.A. now to Vegas. But Philly fans, anybody goes to Philly, you're nuts because they're going to make your life miserable. But you know what I'm getting to? This is pro football focus as they're looking at potential trades. Green Bay trades Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Ready for this? Broncos sent a 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2022 second, and a 2022 third. And the Packers, uh, their dead money would be over $26 million. The Broncos inherit a one-year contract for Rodgers at $26,970,000, and they'd have to rework that deal. He's not playing for that money, okay? Aaron Rodgers is not playing for that money. Aaron Rodgers is going to want a new deal. But here's the big one. Again, clickbait, but it's pro football focus. The Las Vegas Raiders trade Derek Carr to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers send the Raiders the 2022 first round pick, the 2023 first round pick, the 2022 third. Raiders dead money is zero. Steelers inherit the contract of one year, $19.8 million. And this is their synopsis and how they talk about it. New Las Vegas Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels would probably be a perfect offensive play caller for Carr. He puts an emphasis on a power run game that utilizes multiple tight ends and complements the rushing attack with a quick out passing game that attacks the middle of the field. And they went to talk about why Carr fits well with Josh McDaniels, but they think the trade to Pittsburgh makes more sense for the Raiders going forward, inheriting all of those picks going forward. They don't say who would be the quarterback of the silver and black. So that's some clickbait for today, some content from Deadspin and Bro Football Focus. One has Carr staying, the other has him being traded to Pittsburgh. But both of them have Denver landing Aaron Rodgers. So we'll talk about that quarterback carousel every day. We'll do it every day when something big happens. If there's some rumors, every once in a while, rumors get a radio show going. I don't run my radio show that way. I'm not big on rumors. But we'll tell you about certain content when it's available. And the Raiders are in a good spot here cap-wise. Going into the offseason, they could get lower and get more cap space. They got to add a lot. But these coaches, the new coaching staff is very impressive. Very impressive so far. Analysts around the league are impressed with what the Raiders are doing in the front office and with their coaching staff. And as I said, why are we all here in Vegas? Recruit, recruit, recruit. No state taxes, the entertainment capital of the world, beautiful homes that cost a lot less than they do in places like Los Angeles and New York and Chicago, and you could have a great life here. Well, the recruiting train's got to get going. And Dave Ziegler is the type of guy who can do it now as he's getting into that new position as the GM of the team. 702-365-9200 as we continue. Tomorrow, I'm off. we got the Raider Foundation Golf Tournament, which I'm excited to be a part of, the Raider Foundation. Tremendous what they're doing. Since Mark Davis has come to town, the checks that he's writing and the foundation is writing and who they're helping is incredible. And this is how they do that. They raise awareness. They raise money. 
So we'll do that. We'll have a little best of hour for me tomorrow from Super Bowl, the Mark Davis interview, Max Crosby, Barry Sanders, who loved the Raiders, we found out. We'll have that tomorrow in big shows the rest of the week as we're talking Raiders off-season football on the flagship right here, Raider Nation, 920 a.m. came up to me and pulled his max max down and said i'll remember that and he started pointing at me and tapped me in the chest and i said hold on let me explain to you why i took the time out maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset i wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation have to break a press in four seconds come and stiff and cold off the bench i wouldn't do that for a regular group i can take a timeout. that's um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started that he said, I'll remember that, I'll remember that. And I said, hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of that and kept moving on. So. so Wisconsin head coach on what happened with Juwan Howard at the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin game on Sunday. JT, back with you on Raider Nation Radio. Appreciate everybody listening, supporting the show as we got a lot of Raider news coming up. Raider Foundation event tomorrow at Wynn Golf Course. A lot of Raider alumni are in town. Wink, wink. A lot of Raider alumni are in town. One of the biggest turnouts you'll see when the Raider Foundation comes calling. The Raider alumni are out here. So a lot of Raider Nation in town. Big weekend here. One of the biggest rock and roll concert weekends in vegas history both at the football stadium allegiant stadium you have metallica on friday night opening up greta van fleet one of the great young rock bands in the world so that's a hell of a bill and then they got to load out and load in billy joel on saturday so i'll be going to both those shows at our home allegiant stadium build it and they will come those are concerts that could be at t-mobile but with a hockey team and everything happening in town and other events and concerts by Mark Davis building that football stadium, now we have the opportunity for these super concerts to jump on in. You're going to have the Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett show a little bit later on in the year. I believe that's September 9th. That's NFL weekend, opening weekend, which is an interesting date for that too. So the football stadium here in town on top of T-Mobile, everything we have at Thomas and Mac, and then all the other casino venues, especially Resorts World and we're brought to you by Doghouse at Resorts World, where we are for football season. There are a lot of venues to see music here in town. I just talked about that column from Pro Football Focus. So coming up, we're going to have the guy who wrote it. Bobby, as I was ranting about that, Bobby got in touch with the guest who wrote that column, and we're going to have him coming up next. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Brad Spielberger. Wrote the column today at Pro Football Focus on all those potential trades. So a late addition to the show. So as I was talking about Jawan Howard, and I'd like more fans to talk about this. It's a really important topic for me on sportsmanship and getting rid of the handshake line or not. I got a lot of reaction on this on Facebook and my podcast. And I think fans really need to draw a line and understand what happened here. This is a sport where you have to shake hands. Have to. You can't say no. Go to your own locker room. If you're going to play sports, at the end of sports, you got to shake hands, period. They do it in the NFL. No one's better than at hockey. Hockey players are the best. You can play a brutal war with fights and three overtimes, whatever it is in the playoffs. Remember, in the playoffs, no shootouts overtime. 
And at the end, in the seventh game, the losing team has to line up and shake hands. And it's brilliant. People love that about that. Tom Izzo's had a lot of uh, heat on him over the last year or two. I thought Tom Izzo, after what happened to Jawan Howard, had a couple of sound bites that explain this and sportsmanship going forward. In talk shows, there are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when, you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable and now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on somebody who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident. I love that. So that is part of the cancel culture in sports, which there isn't a lot of that. There's not a lot of cancel culture in sports other than members of the media getting canceled for saying certain things that are obviously controversial. That's why they're getting canceled. It's, it's on the line. It's on the fringe. And either you say, let's not fire people. Let's not fire Jawan Howard. Let's not fire a football coach. If he does something, let's take a step back. Let's relax a bit. Cooler heads prevail and then go out and suspend them. Remember, going back to John Gruden, and we're not going to talk a lot about Coach Gruden anymore until there's more and more breaking news on what's going to happen. And I believe there's going to be a lot more breaking news on what's going to happen with John Gruden and his fight against the league. And I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that's going to happen. But when it comes to a handshake line or sportsmanship, it's the pure basis of sports radio. Because in sports radio, it's becoming very gossipy the TMZification of sports. You know, I, I opened the show with Aaron Rodgers, again, saying he loves his fiance that they broke up. And that, to me, was very TMZ-ish, but it is the number one story in sports last night. The Jawan Howard story was big for a couple days, and Aaron Rodgers and what he posted on Instagram, which was very cryptic, and that's very TMZ-ish. When it comes back to sportsmanship, we should all be on the same page. Because the kids that are listening and the kids, if you have kids nieces or nephews, you're always taught at the youngest of age to shake hands. And we had a shaking hands incident that got ugly in a basketball game, and everybody just wanted to go crazy and panic-wise and talk about eliminating it or at least having that discussion. Pardon the interruption. The most important show on sports television, clearly the most important show on sports television, debated that issue yesterday. All the debate shows, an easy topic to debate, especially on those fake debate shows. Because that's what they were talking about. Dick Vitale led the way with that. More from Tom Izzo, head coach of Michigan State, as he got worked up on this topic. As he's a leader, he's not perfect, but a leader of college students. Not shaking hands. Um, that's typical of our country right now. You know, Instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse and let's see if we can uh, just, instead of confronting and demanding that it changes, 
let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. Let's 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 try to do that. That's that's perfect us right now. That's not perfect me. That's not happening here. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. We're going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air, and then we're going to leave. It's a great comment. Fantastic by Tom Izzo. I thought that soundbite, those two soundbites summed it up really well. Again, the NFL, when grown men are playing football and colliding into each other, and there's a lot of cheap shots, not always, but there are, quarterback gets hurt, gets knocked out of a game. You know, that handshake at the end of the game could get ugly, and normally it doesn't. I've been out there. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts about working for the Raiders in Oakland. After a game in Oakland, being on the sidelines, and you'd walk out to midfield, and typically if I knew someone on the other team or just someone there, an old Raider who was traded, or I'd just go out there just to look, and you'd see these amazing moments with these athletes hugging each other. Usually it's the athletes who played college ball together. They're on the same team. So they catch up after the game. They'll exchange a jersey. Well, how's the family doing? How the kids are doing? It's great. And rarely do you see a fight break out. And that's much more of a violent sport than college basketball. So big topic so far this week. My first day back here on the radio as we were off for President's Day. If you got an opinion on that before we wrap it up, 702-365-9200. Also, since we went on the air, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. On SiriusXM Mad Dog, where I'm on at night, and he tried to set the record straight about his Instagram post, and he said that he did not have any news to report or a decision about where he'll play in 2022. He attempted to explain the post, which he called Monday Night Gratitude. It came at the end of a 12-day cleanse. And I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing this right. It's called Panchakarma. Panchakarma, if I got that right, I probably didn't, during which he spent time in a reflective state. There's nothing cryptic about gratitude, he said. Quote, you got to be kind to turn everything else off so you're not working out, you're not straining or anything. It's kind of recentering. It not only heals you physically, but I think it takes away your mental stress. The spiritual part, I think, of it allows you to kind of enjoy the meditation a little bit more. So when I come out, my first thought is intense gratitude for the people in my life. That's what he said. So that's where he is. The biggest post, the photo that caused the most stir was the one of receivers Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams at the Kansas City game on November 7th, which he missed because of COVID-19. He left the space between them where he normally would stand. Uh, Roger said to Pat McAfee, quote, when I got the photo from Randall and Devontae, it brought tears to my eyes because th those are my guys standing before the game. Randall's always on my right, Tay's on my left, and I embraced with both of them after the anthem It's part of our pregame. They held the space in an open spot for me, and that to me meant a lot of gratitude. So there's Aaron Rodgers. Not walking it back, just explaining what came out of his cleanse where something is really interesting on that part. I tell you, if you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're going to have to wonder out loud if, if this guy – he's going to be very stable. He just won back-to-back -back MVPs, which is incredible. Back-to-back -back MVPs, but definitely still a guy who seems to be searching for himself, especially in relationships, not in football. All right, Bobby just got Brad Spielberger. Kind enough, he wrote the column I referred to at Pro Football Focus. 
and he's kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio. Brad, thanks a lot for coming on, and give me your motivation to put that column together and what you were thinking. You know, I think we've seen the last couple off-seasons, obviously last off-season with a bunch of big quarterback trades, the Julio Jones trade. I think teams are more open to making some of these blockbuster deals. The NFL's usually been against that, but I think we're going to see some movement coming here soon. Well, that's interesting to me because, first off, do you think this has to do with what the Rams did with the all-in? And remember, Tampa Bay did it, too, the year before, this all-in philosophy. Do you think that's conducive for more big trades going forward or some organizations are going to act the way they always act and not go big and wait for the draft? Yeah, you know, I think we hear it's a copycat league in a lot of ways, obviously on the field, but I do think that applies off the field as well. And I think the interesting thing that I think is not only are there going to be teams that maybe want to chase that ring, just like we saw with Stafford and, of course, Tom Brady down Tampa Bay, I also think teams are going to be more realistic with cutting ties and moving on. You know, we saw Jared Goff and Carson Wentz just sign these massive extensions. They both set a record for the most dead dead cap left behind with their old team. But I think both teams are happier with where they are now, and I think more teams are going to be willing to kind of rip the Band-Aid off, so to speak. So I want to start with Aaron Rodgers because being on the air last night when we had about an hour or so to talk about that cryptic Instagram post that he made, and it felt like a goodbye, but then again, he loves this now. It's clear he loves this. He loves this type of attention. How does a trade set up? Because everybody's talking about Denver. But what, what the agreement he has with Green Bay, the agreement that was set up that he would be allowed uh, at the end of this past season that just ended to be involved in a trade, they agreed to terms on that. But that doesn't mean Green Bay has to trade him specifically to his favorite destination, right? Right. So, you know, there's no bright line agreement. You must trade me here for this competition and so on and so forth. I do think the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, who is, of course, the Packers' offensive coordinator the past couple of years, is a big deal and may impact you know, him wanting to go there. They also have a ton of draft capital because they traded Von Miller to those Rams. We got a second and third round pick in return. So they make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. But look, if a team, let's say like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe enter the fold and they try to run it back again now that Brady has retired, I think Rodgers is going to be open to those things, and he doesn't have a no-trade clause like a Russell Wilson does or you know, like a Deshaun Watson does. So he has some control. The thing there, though, is if a team that he does not want to go to, truly does not want to go to, he would just call that team or you know his agent would and say, hey, look, if he gets traded there, he's retiring, so you should probably just take this deal off the table. Very interesting to me. So. If you do, if, if Denver trades for him, and we're talking to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, if they do, because he's got one year left on the deal, they got to give him a long-term deal or a bigger deal or this contract that he has in play with Green Bay as it gets traded, he wouldn't play for that amount of money, correct? He'd want a new deal? Oh, with you, 110%. Yep. So I yeah. think as a part of the trade, maybe, or even just a couple days later, there would be a massive extension ironed out. You know, the, mm-hmm. the leverage would all be in Rodgers' favor, of course, if this team, you know, traded a bunch of first-round picks to get him. And, yeah, I think he's probably looking for a, you know, maybe two- or three-year deal, but mm-hmm. almost entirely fully guaranteed, um, you know, two years on top of the one he has left, You know, is what I mean. So you believe that Denver would be willing to give up that much draft equity which would be a lot, and give him a new deal, which would probably make him the highest-paid quarterback in football or close to that because that's what he's going to want. I do, yeah. You know, I think everything they've done the last 18 months or so has set this up. 
They've, they've seen what it looks like when you have a very talented roster at every spot except for quarterback, and especially in that AFC West with Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. If you don't have a quarterback, I don't care if you're the best roster in the NFL at every other spot. It does not matter. So I think they're going to make that splash. They have a lot of cap space. They have a lot of draft capital. They have a good young roster. I think they are willing to go there, and I agree with you. I think he'll probably sign for a per-year basis more than Patrick Mahomes' $45 million, wow. maybe you know two years, $95 million type deal. Well, and the Packers, one more thing on Rodgers, the Packers would give him that money to stay in an extension, too, even though they don't like to pay that type of money. Is that the market for the Packers on a new two-year extension on top of the year that he has left if he stays around $95 million? 100%. That's what I think. Yeah, about oh. two years and right, right above oh. that Mahomes $45 million per year mark. Yep. What a driver's seat he's in. Uh, Brad Spielberg is our guest at PFF underscore Brad. So why did you include Derek Carr in a trade scenario to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm in Vegas. Most people believe that Josh McDaniels was brought in and he'd want to work with Derek Carr. Is this just speculation to fill out the column, or do you believe there's some juice there that he could get moved? You know, I do. I kind of, even in the article itself, kind of poked holes in my own argument and, and in the trade itself. I think Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr are a masterful fit. I think it's a perfect pairing. Um, but look, I mean, Josh McDaniels did go to Denver, and then the, one of the first things he did was trade Jake Cutler to the Chicago Bears for a you know a couple first round picks and this, this huge overhaul. And so you know maybe there is a one percent, three percent chance that they decide they want to kind of tear things down and build back up. Um, but I do agree. I think Derek Carr is probably more likely to sign an extension in the near future than get traded. I like what you said about Kirk Cousins. We know now that a call's been made to Carolina. This makes a lot of sense. This guy signed the greatest contracts in the history of the NFL. He's the first guy to do the $84 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed. Then what happens after that? He continues to get fresh money and new deals, and he plays well. But he doesn't play at a championship level. But the stats are pretty good. If Matt Rule makes this call and it happens, feels like it's the only way that Matt Rule can save his job by having a veteran like Kirk Cousins that he knows he'll win games with. And that's exactly the beauty of, you know, this NFL marketplace. He is. He is a first ballot business of football Hall of Famer, him and his agent. Um, and, yeah, there's always going to be a club that is desperate, right? I mean, Matt Rule and co. need to bring in, like you said, a veteran quarterback that can win you some football games. Is he a top five quarterback? No. But is he, is he Sam Darnold? No. And so you bring him in, you probably also have to give him a nice big extension again. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be a market there because, like you said, he puts up solid numbers. He can keep you in football games, and that's what, unfortunately, a lot of teams would die just to get that. Now, I'll push back a little on Russell Wilson to go to Philadelphia because I just think Philadelphia is a really tough place to play. It wears on you. The fans wear on you. If you don't win, it could be miserable for you. I don't know if he'd want that at this stage in his career unless – it was fresh money. On top of that, Philly's already won the Super Bowl, so he wouldn't be the savior. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl there. It's just a tough fit for me to think because I was led to believe that New Orleans would be the good fit for Russell Wilson. Take me through a potential trade package and what it would take to get him out of Seattle. Yeah, so I agree with you 100%. And actually, I wrote up a trade article with him going to the Saints. I thought that was a masterful fit. Um, and, and it, you know, just because Sean Payton leaves, though, I do think that changes the calculation there. Um, but I do hear on Philadelphia that the thing with Russell Wilson is, you know, uh, we've heard from some folks in Seattle that, you know, he may not need to force his way out and have this huge campaign to get his way out because 
they may also be comfortable just parting ways and moving on. I mean, the roster is still not probably where it needs to be. And, yes, it complicates matters that Pete Carroll is now 70 years old. And does he want to go through a rebuild? Probably not. But I think folks could be surprised, um, you know, at the possibility this gets done. What I have in there is two firsts and a third-round pick. I kind of discussed how, while it is the same compensation as Matthew Stafford, in my opinion – Jared Goff was actually a salary dump and was kind of was attached to a first round pick as a part of that trade. Um, and in reality, Stafford went for a first and a third. That is unconfirmed, just my perspective, my opinion. But nevertheless, I think Russell Wilson, at 34 years old now, he is a guy that you can't just drop into any system. He, he cannot really run a quick game offense. He never targets the middle of the field. A lot of his stuff is outside of structure. When he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off and then makes these miraculous downfield throws, he's not. I think folks underestimate that some teams are probably a bit more wary about bringing him in than, than they may think. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. I was interested in you seeing uh, putting together a potential deal for Amari Cooper to Jacksonville. You know, at times, Amari Cooper's not happy, and we covered him in Oakland. You could see that. He just wasn't happy in his position. Then he got the big payday to go to Dallas, but am I sensing that Dallas is going to have some cap issues here with everybody they have to pay? They've seen Amari Cooper. He's good, but they got C.D. Lamb and other weapons. Why do you think that's a fit for him in Jacksonville? Yeah, so you know they're right there. I think you have C.D. Lamb coming up for a big contract soon. I also know they really do like Michael Gallup, and, yes, he did tear his ACL late in the season. Um, but we've seen a lot of those receivers still go out and get decent contracts. So if they want to bring back Dalton Schultz at tight end and Michael Gallup and go down the list, the way they structured this contract with Amari Cooper was there is a very clean exit after this season. And so it is very feasible from a contractual standpoint. As for the fit in Jacksonville, you know, Doug Peterson is time in Philadelphia. He brought in, you know, his big free agent splash signing was a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, a mm-hmm. big body outside receiver that can be a, kind of a security blanket for a young quarterback like Carson Wentz back in the day. So kind of the same idea there. Get a really good route runner, a true number one outside receiver. Bring him into Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence will throw in the ball 150 times. Um, and, and it kind of is just an easy fit there. But I do hear you that, you know, another hurdle might be how Amari Cooper personally feels about going to Jacksonville. All right, Brad, as we wrap this up, let's talk about the big topic earlier today. And what everybody's talking about is, the issue with Devontae Adams being the biggest name that could be franchise tagged. Walk me through what potentially could happen. He gets tagged. He'll be paid top five, 120% over what he gets, but that's still too light for him because he wants to be the top paid receiver. The fit could be in Vegas with Derek Carr. They both want each other. They played college together. But what happens if he's not tagged and a team wants to trade for him? With the cap, the scenarios that are out there around the league, who really has the ability to pull off that blockbuster deal? Well, he's got to be franchise tagged to get traded for, right? Because if he's not franchise tagged, then he's just a free agent. Then he can go anywhere. But I think there's probably close to a 100% chance he gets franchise tagged. That'll be a $20.12 million on a one-year deal. And then, you know, they're going to look for a first-round pick to headline that deal. My thing there is, you know, look, he's a 29-year-old wide receiver, Julio Jones last year was 32, so a little bit older, and Julio Jones had shown a couple signs of slowing down. But teams are wary when not only have to make this huge deal in a trade, but also, like you said, the extension that comes with it. Devontae Adams wants $30 million per year. I mean, he wants low-end quarterback money. And I can tell you, I, I saw that rumor. I can tell you I've heard the same thing. 
you know, so so you have to factor that in as well. Um, and I think for that reason, just a first round pick, maybe throw in like you know, first and a fourth. I think probably gets the deal done. That's a, very interesting to me because is he tied in your opinion to Aaron Rodgers? If Aaron Rodgers sees what happens to Devontae Adams, that could be the reason he's out of there. Or if he's franchise tagged and he stays in Green Bay, that will be the number one reason why Aaron Rodgers might stay and not go to Denver. Is it fair to bring that up? I do think the two are related, although I don't mm. see Devontae Adams going to Denver. They just extended Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. They just paid their number one and number two receiver. You know, I don't see how they could stomach paying another receiver on top of that. They have a first-round tight end in Noah Fant, who's up for a contract relatively soon. So I think in, in Green Bay, yes, if, he, if they find a way to work a deal out with him, I think that, that increases the odds that Rodgers stays exponentially. Um, you know, I think in his appearance today, he kind of put the pressure on of saying, you know, he, even the franchise tag, yes, it would keep Devontae in town, but I think Rodgers wants to go to bat for a guy like him and say, look, you need to pay him a multi-year extension, not a franchise tag. And that's where that's where things get very interesting. Yeah, and, and Green Bay typically doesn't love doing that. Uh, Brad, finally, your expertise also as a salary cap analyst. Give us one or two teams that look great under the cap, and we've always heard New Orleans. What's one or two teams that are just buried with the cap and got to make sure they get under it? Give us those. Yeah, you know, I think the Chargers and Bengals are two teams to keep an eye on, two teams that historically do not spend much in free agency, but they have those young quarterbacks on the rookie contracts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and I think they're going aggressive. They're both top five in our projected cap space. They have a lot of their good key players already under big deals as well. So I think they'll be active in free agency, and they're in a great, healthy spot. On the other end of the spectrum, yes, you mentioned the Saints. They, of course, always get mentioned. Um, you know, I think the Atlanta Falcons are still in a truly awful situation. They have five guys taking up about 65% of their entire salary cap next year, and it's not even a particularly talented group of five players. Um, and the New York Giants. I mean, the New York Giants are over the salary cap projected, and they have one of the worst rosters in the NFL still. So those teams have a lot of work to be done, you know, before the 2022 league year begins. Thank you. Great content earlier today. Appreciate you joining us. means a lot, and uh, I, I will re- we'll retweet everything. It's very good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Brad. Brad Spielberger. And he put that out, and Bobby did a great bit of producing there. To get a guy on, I'm sitting here talking about this column a half hour ago, and Bobby tracks him down and gets him to come on. It's amazing what you can do with Twitter DM. If you know me, you know what I mean. <laughs> we might get shut out today from your calls with all the interviews we've had and all the rants. I don't like getting shut out. It's, it's radio. It's not life. So we'll be fine. Off tomorrow for the Raider Foundation Golf Tournament. Q will step in for me. And tomorrow we're going to do a best of hour with my interviews with Mark Davis on Cliff Branch, Josh McDaniel's first interview, and Barry Sanders and his passion for the Raiders as a young boy. That'll be tomorrow at this time, right here on the flagship of the Raiders. Once you make a decision, that's the decision, and you're moving forward. And until you get to that certainty, there's no making a decision. But there also is a time frame for this because I understand that my decision does impact a number of other people's decisions, and I want to be very sensitive to that. And so I will uh, definitely make a decision sooner. That's Aaron Rodgers, and he'll make a decision on his time because he believes he rules the world. 
when it comes to football, and he should. He's the back-to-back MVP. Incredibly won the MVP this last year after the first game where they got destroyed. And then he just got in a rhythm. It was he versus Tom Brady. Jonathan Taylor had a great year, and I, I think that Derrick Henry could have won it if he didn't get injured throughout the course of the year. So quarterbacks are playing later in life for a number of reasons. First off, the rule changes. They don't get hit as much. The ball comes out quickly. And, you know, a guy like Tom Brady just doesn't get hit. He just gets the ball out quick, and he always throws to the open guy. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, the good quarterbacks that are below Aaron Rodgers, they like to extend the play. They're going to have to run outside the pocket a little bit more and put themselves in harm's way. Aaron Rodgers, also very similar to Brady, better. He won back-to-back MVPs. He makes quick decisions with Devontae Adams. If he doesn't have Devontae Adams next year, I don't care where he goes, if he goes to Denver or if he stays in Green Bay, if Devontae Adams isn't there, he's not the MVP. I mean, you get, you're the MVP because you got Devontae Adams. And next year, it could, you know, look at Cooper Cup did this year. Cooper Cup had an MVP year. That's going to help Matthew Stafford. They won a Super Bowl together. Cup won the Triple Crown. Stafford won the Super Bowl. Doesn't that hit every Raider fan right between the eyes? That if you have an elite receiver with a really good quarterback, because I've always thought Stafford and Carr are in the same, they're in the same zip code. They're both not elite. They're not at the level of the elite top guys, but they're very close. They're on the outside looking in. They're top 10 guys, 9, 10, or 11 in that range. And Stafford won a Super Bowl, so he's going to move up. But I don't think he's going to get to the point where people think he's at the level of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and again, Justin Herbert, who quickly in this league has become an elite quarterback. He's not on his way. Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback in this league because of his skill set. I just noticed, as I always do, uh, looking for trending topics, Marcus Mariota's trending because NBC Sports Edge in the Bay Area said he'd make a lot of sense in San Francisco. Raider Fish in Berkeley as we go to the Bay Area. What's happening, Fish? <laughs> JT the Brick, my man. How are you today, sir? Good. I got two minutes. Can't wait to hear from you. What's okay, happening? Okay, here we go. Listen, real quick. We're not going to sit here and tremble in our cleats. Worried about if Aaron, the vaccine dodger Rogers, <laughs> comes to our division. We don't give a care. I'll tell you why. If he comes to the Broncos, all it means is that if the Raiders make the playoffs, we're going to make a deep run, baby, because we would have faced three out of the top five QBs in the NFL. So if he wants to come, let him come. I'm out, JT. Wow. All right. You're welcoming. There's a guy who's welcoming Aaron Rodgers to the AFC West. I would uh, give him a DUI test before he got in his car if he was serious about that. I'd make him blow into a breathalyzer if he wanted Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West. But that's a good Raider fan pounding his chest. Thanks to Bobby for booking the show. Thanks to all of our guests today. Busy show. Went in a lot of different directions. Brad Spielberger. We appreciate uh, John Crispin. Good basketball insider Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. I'm off tomorrow. Be down at the win for the Raider Foundation. And then back Thursday and Friday into a big rock and roll weekend here in Vegas. What a weekend we got coming up here. And we will celebrate that all week on the flagship of the Raiders. Cue on deck. Have a great night, everybody.